hello. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson, where we want you to be financially free, physically free, emotionally free, and mentally free. So welcome back. I'm happy to have you return or welcome to my new first time listeners. Um, I'm so happy to have you guys back. Uh, I'm going to open this morning with some um, reviews. I'm pulling up some of the old reviews. So I'll go through some of the reviews today. This one comes from Shaka and it says, I already know this is going to be great. Thank you for allowing me to be a part and share your vision. Thank you for not being afraid to share your gift with the world. So thank you very much, Miss Shaka. And I got another review I'll read today. Comes from Erica. Erica says, you're a natural podcaster. Love that I can add this to my lineup. Thank you very much, Erica. And I have some more online. I will be gathering those. I'll be honest. I have not gathered the newest ones together, but I will be putting those together and adding them to future shows. Please keep rating and reviewing the podcast. Send me notes. And while we're talking about that, um, I had huge engagement on the Booyah Bullion Baby episode. So thank you guys very much, uh, those that listened to the Bullion episode. Bullion is kind of where I started. One of my original loves, I still love gold and silver. I still collect it. I buy pieces here and there. So thanks to everybody who engaged with me. I had um, I had listeners send me pictures. I had listeners send me videos of their collections. I had an overwhelming number of people that asked me how to get started, what stores I use, what online shops. So I, I openly shared that information with everybody who requested it. Um, if you still need help with bullion, just let me know, but I'm glad you guys enjoyed that episode. We will do more. I'll do more bullion episodes. I'll bring some other collectors on here with me next time. So thank you very much. And, um, Orlando was on that episode with me. So when I did the bullion episode, Orlando was my guest host, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was kind of my, my non-expert. Yeah. I was offering my, that, uh, amateur uh, viewpoint. It all counts. <laughs> it all counts. Yeah. And today Orlando is back on the mic again, as you guys can hear. He's well, he's always here, but he's on the microphone this time. And we have a special treat. We have a very special treat. So you've heard me and you've heard Orlando and you've heard me mention somebody else that we both know, have known a very long time in this room. <laughs> so today I have my childhood friend and Orlando's mama. She is in the room. She's in the house with us today. She's going to be on this episode. We have Mrs. I call her the wrong name sometimes. So Mrs. Marilyn Belcher Holmes. There we go. That would be me. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Thank you for coming, Marilyn. Thank you for having me, Kai. I really so I have Marilyn on here today. Couple reasons. Over my number one listen to show is still show number one. That's just who is Kai or get to know Kai. I can't remember the title, but that very first episode is number one. Um, my second most listened to show is kind of on a line. You guys really like the video episode. So the video episode really is number three. It's coming up, but it's number three. The number two watch show highly watched show or listen to show, excuse me, listen to show was the friends in debt credit yep. friends in mm -hmm. debt. You guys exactly. love that show. Pe I think you, I think people are listening to it more than one time. I'm not really sure how I probably, yeah, but people love that episode. I get a lot of comments on that episode. Those are my two college friends, Keisha and Carla went to college with them, Payne college, met them back in 1991. And the comments I got from that one is, I felt like I was at the kitchen table with you guys. I felt like you guys were friends of mine or we, I was friends with you. And they said it was just a really down to earth, fun conversation. So I hear that from everybody and the numbers reflect that you guys really like that episode. So guess what? I met Carla and Keisha, August of 1991. I met Marilyn September Okay, we don't, we're going to tell our ages. I'm a Gen Xer. I've already disclosed this. <laughs> I met Marilyn 
in September of 1978. Yes. When I went to kindergarten. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I was in first grade. Marilyn is a year older. She's a first. She was a first grader. I was a whole kindergartner. We were in Miss <laughs> Weiss's class. We went to uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Laboratory Experimental School mm. in Evanston, Illinois. Yep. The original location. So those yes. that are from Evanston. The old Skiles. We went to the old Skiles. The old King Lab location was on Dewey Avenue and Foster Street. Street. And I was actually in Miss Sullivan's class. Oh, you were Miss Sullivan. But remember, she was sick quite a bit. And oh, there was, that was. Because you were in my class picture. Exactly. Yeah, the kin- you're mm-hmm. in my kindergarten class picture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yep. But so there you go. We and we stayed friends. We've been friends since 1978. So you can imagine why I have her son in here. <laughs> <laughs> I trust him with like everything with my life I've known him my whole life I've known his mom my whole life and I trust him with my life so I am a little bit faithful to Orlando sorry (laughs) I'm not no we appreciate it yeah (laughs) you know definitely appreciate it nothing bad I'm not saying anything bad to anybody else but you know Orlando's (laughs) my guy so he's my guy sorry I take him with me everywhere. And you guys don't know, I drive Orlando crazy sometimes. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest about this. I wasn't going to say it on air. But. Orlando answers the phone halfway like I am his mom or his aunt. And halfway like I'm his customer. So sometimes he picks up the phone and I can tell by his tone. I'm irritating him like I'm his mom. Sometimes he answers the phone and I can tell I'm irritating him like I'm an annoying customer. <laughs> it's and good irritation. <laughs> it keeps, keeps me on my toes. And some and I know I'm I'm sensitive. <laughs> I, I you know, I know sometimes I'm too much. I understand. Never. And I don't know a lot. So sometimes he has to repeat stuff. And I'm like, Orlando, I know you told me this yesterday. But can you explain to me again? I don't really, I missed it. Or I didn't, I don't remember. Or I just, I need another explanation. So, so anyway. I'm start a podcast. It's okay. That's why I keep Orlando. <laughs> because he puts up with me. <laughs> and then he loves me afterwards. I was about to say. Yeah. And he makes me better. And I make Aww. him better. And it, it just really works. Oh, so thank you. It's, Glad to know it's not all bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a millennial and I'm not. So yeah. he teaches me. Actually, I just missed the cutoff. What are you? I'm the rec Gen Z. Is that it? Oh, you're after. Mm, I just. I'm oh, Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. He ain't even a. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I'm young know. and old at the same time. The babies are in here running the show. <laughs> 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 the babies are in here running the show. Okay, so wow. he's a zier. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I just found that out a couple weeks ago, too. Oh. I was surprised. How interesting. Yeah. Wow. So. Today, what are we talking about? So today, I'm sorry. Let's go. Um, today, we're going to kind of catalog this under financial freedom-ish. Okay? Yes. <laughs> yes. So just general financial freedom. Again, we're going all the way back. And we're Bring just going to have a, a conversation. Um, this idea kind of was Maryland's. It's a good idea. We're going to go back to the difference of what I learned and gained from my upbringing versus what she learned and gained from her upbringing, seeing as we had almost the same upbringing. Exactly. Same. And to make it worse, we were raised kind of on the same street yep. as well. So not only even did, when we moved. Yeah. We moved to the same areas. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I have been in school with Marilyn my entire life from kindergarten until we graduated from high school. Mm hmm. And we were raised on the same blocks. So exactly. When I'm telling you I've known her my entire life, I've known her my entire life. The only person I've known longer, of course, is my sister. <laughs> and, you know, I'm very close to my cousins, the Michelins. Yes. Who lived on the same block as well. What, three houses down yes. from me? Yeah. And so we were all raised the same place and the same time. But we had different... Um, Different lessons. Different lessons. Different lessons. To speak to not just being raised together, we were we were friends. Okay. To speak to the level of friendship, I, I suffered a lot. My father died when I was nine years old, ten days after my ninth birthday, and that night, the night my father died, Kai and her sister are the ones that were allowed to come and spend the night with me, and and 
to talk about how great that was, I had never had an overnight guest before. Mm -hmm. My parents were not big on overnight guests. They just, that wasn't it. Everybody go home, and then I come home. But to help me deal with that whole situation, my mother agreed that I could have an overnight guest, and it was Kai and her sister. We slept in sleeping bags on the living room floor. That's what we did. Oh, wow. um, but that just speaks to, it's more than just raised together. We were, we were friends. So when I thought about this, it's, you know, to be raised together as friends, parents knowing each other, but the different lessons that we learned in the same exact scenario is kind of interesting. So I'm going to let Marilyn open up with our discussion today. Um, you already heard my history. She heard my history. And because we were raised in the same community, but different houses, of course, I'm going to let her start um, by telling what differences she noticed, um, how her experience differed from mine, and then we'll just kind of build from there. So go ahead, Marilyn. Okay. Let's see. I didn't actually notice differences growing up. It's just not no, one of those things that you... Because we used to go to the candy exactly. store. Exactly. It's not, not one of those Joyce. things. It's like, what in the world? <laughs> but I will say in adult life, the differences are very stark. And I was able oh. to say the ones that I did notice, I was able to say, this is because of what you were told. Like when I questioned you about certain oh, things, okay. um, I'll say from the first example, we talked about stock mm -hmm. and the stock that you were given as a gift from your grandmother. Uh, I think it was TBN. Um, or? When she gave it to me, it was Turner Broadcasters. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, I didn't know about that when you got the gift, obviously, because we, if you got it, if we were, you know, talking about gifts at that time, it was probably what toys we got. I'm sure you weren't saying, right. I got stuff. I hated it. Exactly. I wasn't bragging. Exactly. I was embarrassed. Exactly. I was not going to the to park to tell people I got a, a paper certificate. It looked exactly. like a, a graduation certificate. I wasn't bragging about That's that. That's fun. Exactly. I didn't mention it to anybody. See, so, and there you go. But I don't, I know that as adults, when you're talking about certain things and you're like, well, you know, I started looking at stock and things at, at an earlier age when I'm like, wait a second, what, what do you mean? Because here I am in my 30s or, you know, mm -hmm. trying to figure out what these things are or how these things work for myself. And you're saying, well, yeah, well, my grandmother gave it to me. That's, and it's just certain things like that where it's mm -hmm. even in terms of uh, the career choices that you made or the home, the way you choose buying your homes. It's things like that where it's like, okay, there was a different education from the home base regarding money and finances and credit mm. that you received versus some of the mistakes and decisions that I have had to make based on what I was given. Right. Now, I do know that, like you said, we've all made mistakes. You've made your share of mistakes as well in financial literacy mm -hmm. and illiteracy, however you want to call it. But there's a difference when you have a little bit of information that can help you or assist you than uh, what I, I ha kind of had and that's nothing against my parents let me right. let me say that um, my parents were older and they actually had really good credit but it was the transfer of knowledge mm. that I didn't receive mm -hmm. so I benefited from their good credit even after my father passed at nine my mother had excellent credit I benefited from her credit but I didn't benefit from her knowledge mm -hmm. and that's that's the biggest thing so I love, love, love that you pointed that part out. Right. So when we were that age, yeah. when I received that stock, I told nobody. Yeah. Because first of all, I didn't even understand it. Exactly. I was given it as a gift. I didn't. I'm sure my grandmother tried to explain to me. I'm <laughs> sure I wasn't even trying to hear it. It was not what I wanted. <laughs> so I didn't tell anybody. And it never registered with me until, first of all, I had to be over 18 mm -hmm. because she was custodian of the stock. I was, mm -hmm. I was a minor. So she was custodian of the stock. And until I turned 18, and by the time I turned, my grandmother died when I was 17. Mm, so then I right. turned 18, and by law, I was supposed to take over the stock, or I did take it over myself. And I started receiving the dividend checks. There you go. So until the dividend checks now were coming in my name yeah. only... Then I was like, wait a minute, yeah. what, you know. Now I think I, that's what started our conversation. You were yeah. talking about dividend checks. So I had to read, I'm like, why am I getting these checks every quarter in the mail? And then I, that part of it, I had to do my own research. Mm -hmm. My grandmother maybe told me, I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. 
So that's very interesting just to know that because I think I was a regular kid. Yeah. I mean, we went to the park. Exactly. We went to the beach. We exactly. rode bikes. Yeah. The snackery, Mr. Joy's yes. shop, the snackery, we were there every chance we got every buying junk food. Mama I mean, Annie's. I Mama mean, we Ann- did it all. I couldn't go to Mama Annie's. Oh, well, I went into Mama Annie's. Yeah. <laughs> Mama Annie's was forbidden for any of the uh, Wilson Cole white children. We I were not, not allowed to go to Mama I've never been in Mama Annie's It was shop a house ever. where an older lady candy sold lady. candy, yeah, and, candy and pickles and fun yeah. stuff like that. So okay. I could not go into Mama Annie's. I, do, I had funny. to go to Mr. You used Joy's. to wait outside. You never, would wait I've never at been the, inside. You would wait at the fence. Look, You're right. And we were forbidden to go in Mama Annie's. Well, this just shows that she followed her rules and she didn't go inside. It was on the block. So, yeah. <laughs> and my family could see me down the street. I could not go into Mama mm. Eddie's. We had to go to Mr. Joy's. There you go. The snackery. The snackery. I had to go awesome. to Mr. Joy's shop. He was an awesome person, too. But, yeah, but we did. Everything was within the same, you know, six, seven block radius. Mm-hmm. We did the same summer camps, you know, uh, except I think you went to potawatomi at some well, a couple point, times couple point. when but, i could pay for it yeah but then foster center summer camp <laughs> and camp. and before it became fleetwood jordan oh i made those share who that were picture there. oh yeah oh yeah i'll share the picture our summer camp picture who had that uh, it's on our facebook it's on facebook i'll share it oh <laughs> it's on facebook yeah so that yeah so we really did we did we had the same experiences but I did not get the type of education that you got, and it has, um, it stalled me. It stalled me. So I'm going to defend you a little bit here because me and my sister also raised in the same household, same upbringing, same lectures. She and I even took a different path. Mm -hmm. So part of it may just be me. I just was interested in it. That makes I sense. wanted to read the financial journals. I watched Susie Orman on PBS. I don't know how many thousands of times. I just was interested in it. And the interest still came as I got older. I mean, I had it younger, mm-hmm. but I was not going to sit in the house and, and, and watch Susie Orman if you guys were at the playground. I was going to the playground. So I think as I got older, I kind of self-developed more of it. That makes sense. I always say, you know, I come from a household of five children. I always say that you can raise a child with all of the same information mm-hmm. the same exact way, and it's still a crapshoot. They can go one way or the other. I think the difference is, so you're right in, in that. I think the difference is when you have a little bit of that information in your background, mm-hmm. even if you choose not to use it, it's, it's a choice you're making. Right. It's there if you realize I need to go back to it, and that's where the difference is. Uh, for me, going back to my mom, she had, like I said, excellent credit, and she would say things to me. Her statement would be, you're going to mess up your credit. I had no idea what credit was. <laughs> right. If I don't know what credit is, I don't realize that you've got this great credit. I didn't know anything about her status of credit until actually she was gone. My mother passed also uh, earlier. I was, what, 21, 22, 21? And so it was in in dealing with her financial aspects after her death that I realized, you know, what she had in terms of credit. But even then, I didn't know what credit was. So it was still kind of, I didn't know about credit scores. I didn't know anything about, you know, leaving money, insurance, leaving money Mm -hmm. to what I just, I didn't know. And at that point, like I said, I'm 21. So, but I learned credit with you. So we, we learn credit the similar ways. My family did teach me a whole lot of stuff about finance, but they, they, they didn't teach, they didn't teach me credit. You guys heard episode number two. <laughs> yeah. I just started my credit journey at 18 on the campus of Payne. Um, that's so. Well, let me speak to that. <laughs> Talking about, and this is me living in the same house. You were at college. Mm-hmm. This is me living in the same house and I'm dating myself here. I was in high school. I was a sophomore in high school. I was working actually at the school, uh, after school, in the AV Center, and one period a day, I think my first period of the day. So I was getting this little bit of a check uh, mm-hmm. from the school, and I had started working at the Evanston Movie Theater on Central Street mm-hmm. as well. So I'm a sophomore in high school, and you know my mother had rules, of course, and she didn't like her phone ringing after 9 p.m. 
and I wanted to talk on the phone after 9 p.m. Now, right. it was okay if I'm on the phone after 9 p.m. and, you know, call waiting comes in. But if if the phone rings after 9 p.m. and nobody's on it, no, you are not getting that phone call. So I went ahead and had AT&T, Ma Bell, whatever, Illinois Bell at the yeah, time, Illinois Bell. install my own phone line. Now, I am in her home. This phone line is in my room. She allowed that to happen. And her words to me were, you're going to mess up your credit. Okay, I don't know what you're... I'm, I'm going to be on the phone, though. Right, That's right. the thing. I'm going to be on the phone. On this credit exactly. stuff you're talking about. I can get phone calls after 9 exactly. p.m. Exactly. <laughs> Anytime I want to, I can get phone calls. Of course, this is before cell phones or anything like that. Oh, it way was, before. you know, way before that. Pagers. So, exactly. Any of that. So I'm... I'm, you know, I'm happy as a as, as can be. I'm happy as a clam on my own phone. And, of course, the bill would come. It, it was paper bill. It came in the mail, and I paid it. You know, it wasn't a big deal. I paid my bill until, guess what? You know, summer came, and my job at the school ended. And summer came, and I didn't want to work at the theater because it was summer. I wanted to hang out. So my <laughs> priorities. job. Exactly. My priorities. Exactly. So my job at the theater ended. I would have in in my you know in my 2020 vision is everything or a flashback is 2020 vision or whatever hindsight is 2020. hindsight thank you son <laughs> I would have right at that moment as the parent said okay you're not working let's go ahead and get this phone cut off right let's let's pay this bill let's go ahead and get this phone cut off um, because that speaks to finances as well financial right. responsibility learning to let's pay the bill let's account close out your account officially exactly let's do that that is not the choice that my mother made. She kept saying, you need to make sure you pay your bill or and you're going to mess up your credit. I'm like, okay, they'll turn the phone off eventually and <laughs> I'll just use your phone. That's my thought process at the time as a child and that's what happened. So let's fast forward to college. By the time I made it to a college campus, when I was trying to get all those freebies that you and your <laughs> friends were talking about, my credit was already messed up because... When that final bill came, once eight, once Illinois Bell had turned my phone off, I wasn't I wasn't working, I wasn't paying. I was like, oh shoot, oh well, phone's turned off. Now I can go back to using my mother's phone. Right. Uh, the bills kept coming. I would look at the bills, and, and then it got to the point where I didn't even look at the bills. I wouldn't even open them because I'm like. I'm not going to pay it. Well, What's, you think I don't have a phone anymore. Exactly. So. That's exactly <laughs> right. I don't know why they, why they're bothering me. So by the time I got to college and that's, that's also an interesting thing because in applying for student loans, oh, I already boy. had credit. Like, so these are the issues that came up merely because I wanted a phone in my room and because I wasn't directed financially. Now this is a person who paid but all her bills. It's interesting that, Illinois Bell let you get a phone exactly. in your name at your age. Exactly. That's, That's amazing. Another thing. That's another <laughs> you thing. You were under in a 18. House. In a house. It wasn't like it, I had an apartment number on it. No, like they, it they Well, actually, I mean, I could see in the house because you could be an adult child at home. But this is true, you, too. But, yeah, I was under 18. had to have asked your date of birth. <laughs> your date of birth that had to have sense. come up somewhere. It had to because and the bill was in my name. say she's not 18. And the laws of America right now, the laws of this of the country right now, is that you cannot enter into a legal binding contract, contract yes. until you are 18, 18 years right. of age. So you were not 18. How did they get you into a phone contract? She didn't have to sign anything. My mother didn't oh. have to sign anything, give information. I know that for a fact. I did it all on my own. I was very proud that I did it all on my own, and it wasn't my name. So actually, you're right. They owe me. Yeah, the reason. <laughs> the reason I don't know how legal that was. I know. Um, <laughs> What'd you say, Orlando? You might have to look into that. That's very. Yeah, it should be off the credit could, by uh, now. But oh, it's, um, it's off. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> that is. Yeah. I mean, you can um, sue for damages. Yeah, you can. <laughs> they don't <laughs> even <laughs> exist anymore. Well, well, well they do. Gone. They're Ameritech. They're Ameritech. Interesting. All my bills still exist. They own all the phone lines. We have any financial. Advi- uh, not advisors. What am I looking for? Lawyers that are listening to this podcast. <laughs> Reach out <laughs> if there's something. If there's something, you know, let us know. It's, it's but it started a whole for me, not being taught, just being told. It's one of those things where I was told pay your bills, right? But not being explained. taught and explained right. about it has made a world of difference. Particularly considering the fact that I was 21 with no parents, so I had no fallback, right? 
So now you're I was really 22. learning. I was 22. I'm sorry. I had no fallback. It's different when you're able to learn those lessons and there's somebody to help you or someone that can catch you when it's like, you know, if it had been to the point where I told you you were going to mess up your credit, but she was still here and I'm 20 and I'm like, okay, well help me. Then I could mm-hmm. ask the questions. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was not able to ask questions. And so it made for a very different existence, right? much more different than the road that you traveled. School, I had to stop. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just start there. I wasn't able to get any student loans. I had to stop. I didn't right. get my degree at that time because I couldn't get loans to pay for school. Right. You know, so the things like that, which meant I had to start working. Now, I always, one thing I did learn by osmosis from my parents was work ethic. They never had to teach me that. But they showed it to me in, right. you know, their, in what they were doing. They didn't show me money. She didn't show me when she was balancing her bank book. She didn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's, there's a little bit of difference there. So thankfully I did learn the work ethic because I've always been able to work and, and have jobs and pay. But it has been a hard taught lesson mm-hmm. and I, because there are times when I've really not paid because I'm like, uh. You know, it, it right. started a, a relationship with money that was not good. Right. That's it. It started a relationship with money that was volatile and frightening and fearful. Right. So. And even a lot of stuff I learned, I mean, a lot of stuff I know I was told, I was taught, told or learned. Mm-hmm. But some of it, just like you said, being in a certain household around certain people, some of it I just learned, I, some of it I did just learn by watching. So bullion that I do love so much. I was watching my family buy it before I really understood it. Before Jerome ever told me to start investing in gold, my father would bring home all these collectibles. And he loved them. And they were albums. And so I would see them. And my grandfather had them. And so we would see them. And my grandfather, um, $2 bills. I I have so many $2 bills. He always gave us $2 bills. Every holiday we got on birthdays. I mean, he was sending me $2 bills until he passed away. I was 40, 45. No, I was about 44. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. My grandfather was still mailing me $2 bills in a card at 44 years of age. (laughs) Sela and I have so many $2 bills. I know all my cows, all of us, we have $2, but they were, so they were showing me. He never told me to collect it, but he collected coins. He showed it to me. My father collected them. They showed it to me. Finally got to the wow. point of Jerome when I'm old enough, and he's like, no, you should buy. You should start buying your own. So, um, yeah, some I, some I guess I just learned from osmosis, and some I was told. And then, I, again, I didn't necessarily listen all the time. I listened mm-hmm. when I had to listen. Mm-hmm. When I wanted to go to that camp, my grandmother's like, great. Where's your 50%? There you go. You can go to the Potawatomi camp. Where's your 50%? And see, that's another thing. You talked about being taught to save. Oh, yeah. My mother was an awesome saver. Never as a, I had a bank. I mean, I had a a, a little a piggy bank. Yeah, it was actually it was a Sylvester and Tweety bank. You would talk when you put the money. <laughs> oh in yeah, it. yeah, the one I, I always wanted. Yeah, see, I had a tin cookie jar, see? a tin can. <laughs> but I would fancy. put the money in to hear them talk, and then immediately take the money back out. Like it was never ice cream anything truck is coming. Exactly, I was never taught to save. I was never taught those things. So. It's funny because I do remember you going to different camps and I remember you insist doing things, you know, like raking leaves and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah. I had chores. I'm not trying to say that I was, you know, spoiled. I didn't have to do work. That's not what I mean. But it was never equated with finance. It was never equated with money. So when I heard the story about pot, when you said your grandmother would have you, mm-hmm. you know, work up to, for ha- I was like, Rake wow. leaves, yeah. iron shirts. Wash the dishes. Yeah. Everything never. had a price tag. I never, never got an allowance. Nothing was ever equated with you save for this for me. Mm-hmm. Now, my siblings have a different story, but I'm the baby. I'm mm-hmm. the youngest. They mm-hmm. have a totally different story. And that's another thing. That was another level of protection in terms of if I wanted something, I didn't have to work for it. Because if I didn't have it, I could ask my brother. I could oh, ask my sister. You sisters. had several levels. Exactly. <laughs> of providers. Yeah. And I, you know, I was a brat to them, but they, you know, if I wanted to go to the store and, and, and if I wanted to go to Snackery and get some food or some candy, oh. I was a brat, but they would go ahead and give me the money. Oh. So it was never a situation where it was like, no, you can't because you didn't earn or because you don't. There was no lesson. Oh, that's interesting. With money there. It wasn't. So... I am the oldest. There's two in my household, me and Cicely. 
and I'm the oldest. And then I talk about my cousins, the mm-hmm. Michelins. Mm-hmm. You guys don't know the three male oh, and Kelly, Kelly Michelin, mm-hmm. Kelly Michelin, Michan, Michan. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> um, I don't include you, Kelly, just because you were so little. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not intentional. <laughs> you were, you were all so of our much younger. Sisters, yeah, yeah you're so much younger. You couldn't run the streets like we did. <laughs> so the difference there too, because now I think about it, you did have older siblings mm-hmm. that could help you or yeah. give you. So what we had to do because it was me and sis, and then it was Donald, Julius, and Brian, we had to pull money together. Wow. We had to negotiate. You know, okay, I've got $2. Donald had $3. Julius, Julius mm. sometimes brushed us off. But Julius, <laughs> you know, he always had the most money because he, he was the oldest. The oldest yeah. Right. And so we had to pull money together yeah. to buy the pizza or the, you know, for, so everybody could afford ice cream at the ice cream wow. truck. So yeah, our experience still was different. different. We we had to do cooperative economics. <laughs> see, no, <laughs> because we were all the same. We were one eight one year apart. Well, let's see. It was Julius two years after him. It was Donald. Mm. I'm a year after Donald. Brian, I believe. Yeah, I'm Julius. Two years later, it was Donald. A year later, it was me. A year later, it was Brian. A year later, it was Cicely. I mix my daughter and my sister all the time. (laughs) (laughs) They look just like. And so we were all in, they act just like. We were all in a row. And so we had to do cooperative economics. We we had no one to run to. My siblings are all much older than me as well. They're mm-hmm. two years oh, apart. Oh, yeah, I remember that But the part. youngest one of them is nine years older than I am. Mm-hmm. So they were already, when we were run, talking about going to the store or going to the oh, ice cream truck, they were, they were working high school jobs. They were driving. And, yeah, they were driving. <laughs> so I really did not have, you know, and even now, and I hate to say it, but it's true, I owe both of my siblings money right now, even or two of my siblings <laughs> money right now. Even now... If I fall into a bind, they will break backs right. to make sure that they save me. Chuck was the only one I even remember <laughs> See? talking to me like a person. Yeah. Not a person, but no, you know but what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like Chuck acknowledged my existence. Yeah. <laughs> all your other siblings were literally like four parents. Yeah. They were all just other parents exactly. to me. Chuck talked to me like a human. <laughs> See? <laughs> he still talked to me on our level. Yeah. But that, um, that's my brother. That's why I always say my brother's Superman. Yeah. He, is he, my he Superman. actually spoke to me and the rest of them were like uh, these children. <laughs> these, these, go outside. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But it's really it's funny, though, because that le- like. I struggle to this day with making good financial decisions. It's not something that I've recovered from. And I say recover and I use that word purposely because it is almost bad financial decisions is almost like an addiction Mm -hmm. because it is so emotionally tied to you. When you work to make good financial decisions and then bam, life happens, then you're so quick to be like, well, why am I doing this anyway? Um, I struggle really hard with that. And I I have, have had to, excuse me, fall back on my sister Laverne and my brother Chuck. Mm-hmm. more often than I care to admit. But to that effect, I've tried very hard, not just myself, but his father as well. I've tried very hard to make sure that Orlando got <laughs> um, the knowledge that I wasn't given. Right. So in his upbringing, I've talked to him very extensively about mistakes I've made and roads to take that I didn't take and saving money and things that I still struggle with. I still struggle with making sure that I pay myself first or that I save a certain amount. It's a hard thing because it's lessons that I've had to teach myself and to unteach myself the bad habits. Mm -hmm. But to that effect, like I said, I try really hard to make sure that he does not have the same pitfalls. Education is key, even if the people do not listen at the time. If your children are not paying attention at that time, it doesn't matter. Give people the information that they need. Let them do what they will with it. Right. That's where I am. I think you all should speak to uh, how to get your child or somebody that you're speaking with excited, or maybe not excited is, is the word I'm looking for, but to get them to understand a little bit better the importance of um, financial literacy. Uh, if you guys can speak to that, like how do you, how do you do that? Because I know there are a lot of parents that are listening that are like, okay, well, I hear you give the give, give the information, yeah, but how do I get my daughter? Like you, you get Celia to pay attention to certain things. Like, 
you know, you get me to pay attention to, you know, different type of yeah. things. How do you, can you speak to that process? So what I do since my child is young, <laughs> um, first, first thing first, wants versus needs. Yeah. We start there all the time. Do you want it or do you need it? Now, I, I'm, I'm a stickler on that. Um, if you want it, then let's talk about why you want it. You know, because I don't want her to get caught up in be, keeping up with the Joneses. So why do you want it? How are you going to use it? How hard are you willing to work for it and earn it? Um, so at the church I went to uh, in Vegas, um, New Antioch, the pastor there, she used to always tell the congregation, and it was the first time I, I probably really heard it. She was a um, licensed counselor. I can't remember what she was from. So like some type of licensed counselor. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she worked for the state, so she would work with, troubled households and children but um she used to always tell us that she would tell her her children her children clients that all your parents are required to provide for you by law is food shelter and clothing and she used to preach that in her sermon a lot food shelter and clothing and she would say to us food means food could mean peanut butter and jelly Mm -hmm. sandwiches hot dogs and cold cereal in the mornings. She said, that's what food is. Food does not say filet mignon. (laughs) Food does not say crab legs. Food does not say the quality of food. Unfortunately, it just says they have to give you food. Clothing says clothing. You need something covering your top half of your body, the bottom half of your body. You need some shoes. If it's cold, you need a coat. It does not say labels. It does not say guests. It does not say whatever labels out Prada, whatever it does. That's not what the law says. It says you have to be clothed. And she said, shelter, you have to have a shelter over your head. They have to provide you with a home. Again, it does not say you have to have your own bedroom. Nope. It does not say you have to have a TV in your room. It does not have to say, it didn't say you have to have a game console. So she actually embedded that part in me. And I, that, and I just learned that living in Vegas. I lived in Vegas for nine years. I learned that from her in, in Las Vegas. Um, so I tell that to my daughter sometimes she's like, Oh, you know, she'll say this kid or that kid has this or that. And again, my daughter lives in two households. So I have a household. She has another household she's living in right now. She's been there for the week and you know, her father runs the household, how he runs it. I have no problem with that. But when she comes home, I have to say, okay, that's how they run their household. That's great. This is how I choose to run this household. She gets lucky. Because when she is there, she does get some things that yeah. she doesn't get here and mm-hmm. the vice versa. There's yes. some things I do here they don't do over there. So she gets a little bit of the both the best of both worlds. But I definitely remind her all the time, that is all that me and your father are required to provide for you. Food, shelter, and clothing. Nothing to the brand, nothing to the cost, nothing to the taste. You are living and we have met our expectations. <laughs> <laughs> so... um I kind of bring her down with that. Yeah. And, and my daughter is to a degree, she's a little bit spoiled because here she's the only child. She's my only child. And I had her much older in life. Mm-hmm. So I was already pretty, you know, I was well established by the time I had her. Um, I make her work. Sela has to earn stuff. I don't get, Sela actually, I, I shouldn't put my daughter's, but you know, she has <laughs> money mm-hmm. because I make her work mm-hmm. and I try to pay her fairly for her work. She doesn't get paid for her chores around the house and she ain't that good at them either, but she doesn't get paid for <laughs> her. We're still learning. Um, but I do pay her for work. So mm-hmm. things that she does, she does earn money for it. And that's where I said, she has her own savings accounts. My daughter has awesome. more than one savings account and more than one bank because you guys know I'm crazy like that. I teach her to read her statements when her statements come. That's excellent. We look at them. We see how much interest she's made. That's excellent. Um, and she, all the time, she's always wanted to pull out money, some game, something. And I was like, absolutely not. I think these gaming devices right now are so overpriced and such a ripoff. I refuse to let her pay money for any of these gaming garbage. <laughs> Don't um, isolate anybody in your fan base. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, they can spend their money. Yeah. She's no, not I'm not saying not that. that. I mm. can't spend my money. And I don't see it being, and my daughter's 10. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. She's into something and in two weeks she's not she's into in it anymore. Else, yeah. So I'm not going to let her spend $600 on a game console that I know in 30 days she could be completely over it. Exactly. That's not a smart investment. And, and that's, that's how it. I talk to her. That's it. So those are words I use. That's not a smart investment. Celia, you know, you move from A to B quickly. Your desires change quickly. Your interests change quickly. That, that's not a smart investment. And that's what I say to her. So um, we're, that's that's what level we're at right now. I mean, she's she has to listen to my Bitcoin class <laughs> repeated over and over and over again. So she's heard the Bitcoin spiel too many times. Probably teach it now. Cryptocurrency. She knows bullion. So yeah. she, you know, I let her, when we went to South Africa, I purchased what I wanted. I let her pick up an item at the um, South African Mint. So she bought her own bullion for the first time. Um, so yeah, she knows a little bit, but she's still a true 10 year old. I mean, I still deal with what every other 10 year old, you know, TikTok. <laughs> too much time on TikTok, blocks, uh, the little dances, the songs, you know, she's still a 10 year old. So hopefully what you said, Marilyn will, um, transfer to her yes. when she becomes of age yes. and be like, okay, my, my mother had mentioned this a thousand times yes. before. So hopefully, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm about eight years out at least before <laughs> she's legal. You'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's funny that you asked that question because Orlando, because you could probably answer it better for me yeah, than Orlando. I can answer it. Yes, well, Orlando. But, <laughs> well, I mean, I think for me. Answer your own question. <laughs> I think I, well, not I think the difference between, again, difference between Kai and myself and how you and Sela and, and Orlando and I, I had to teach you through, I was a cautionary tale for you. I had to teach you through experiences. I had to teach Orlando through experiences. So when we're having to stay, you know, and, and yeah, I'm going to put my business out there. We're having to stay with friends for a little while because some things had happened. That was an experience that I was able to talk to him about mm -hmm. and say, if you're careful about your finances, if you're careful about your credit, these are the situations that you won't have to be in. So I had to teach Orlando through the experiences that we went through. And, you know, uh, that is probably the biggest thing at a point where if he was asking for something, although I didn't have the wants and the needs speech, it was how important is this to you? This is why I, I'm unable to do it. This is why I can do it. But if I can do it, and I will say this much about Orlando, he was very careful as a child to take care of things. Mm -hmm. I never had to worry about him destroying losing. anything. I remember asking for losing. a lot. Not and saying he that did I, not, oh, And yeah. you didn't. You didn't ask for a lot. But yeah, if so the you stuff did, I wanted, I really wanted. So, yeah. yeah. He's very careful right now. But I also stuff. think him not asking for a lot is because of what he saw. Mm. You know, I think seeing situations, seeing that there wasn't a lot to give mm -hmm. made him not ask for a lot. Am I right on that? Yeah. The first time... Uh, Somebody broke into our, I don't know, that might have been, I don't know if that was the last time, but when somebody broke into our apartment, I was like 10 mm -hmm. or, or younger than that, I think. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and of course, I didn't register what was going on. I just knew my PlayStation was missing. Yeah. And I said, what happened to my PlayStation? And you gave me this look that has stuck <laughs> with me to this day. <laughs> and I, I was like eight. Yeah, it was. Because it, it was like, it was. And your it father was a had given you that PlayStation. Yeah, it wasn't even like the PS2. The PS2 came out. I have is, no idea. Is, no, I'm just I'm just trying to date because yeah. the PS2 came out a long time ago. So it wasn't like I was a teenager. Like I was maybe yeah, seven. So, now yeah. I think about it. Um, and then it it finally it I guess it clicked later on that day that uh everything was gone. Yeah, and it wasn't nobody. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't anybody's technically fault. Um. And I think I think that experience made me start made me value things a lot different. It makes sense. Um, and you said like the first time, as if we were just living in bad neighborhoods. No, that's why I said the last time. It was the only yeah, time no, our okay. house was broken into. Our that's why I said it with a question into. mark. I was but like, you're right. Yeah. That was I do remember that. I was like a kid, kid. Every and I was trying to figure out how I was going to replace everything. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I'm, he that was and and not to mention I was trying to figure out how I was going to replace the safety. You know, that there's right. a feeling the of security. safety and security the, when you're safe, secure. Feeling. So it's a, it's it's a diff, it's a different experience. But I taught. It's strange because I didn't I didn't pick up on danger. 
if there's no, anything. You were that As age. a kid, I was you like, oh, well. your toy. Yeah. yeah, you're missing your, <laughs> your toys. Favorite yeah. toy. But I just picked up on, yeah. The games are gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was hard for me as well because, like I said, your father pro- bought that game for you. And mm. I knew there was not something that I could replace. Mm. You know, financially, whether it was the PS1, PS2, PS3000, at that point, it was mm-hmm. not something that I could replace. And as a parent, that was hard as well. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was more about telling him, let's, these are the things that you need to do to make sure that you don't end up in certain situations as an adult. It was about, now I'm not the one, I know that there's, you find stories where there are parents that are telling their children all their financial business and, mm-hmm. you know, my mom's broke now, I got to go find, no, it was not his responsibility as a child to come with any solutions. Right. That was, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, you know, whatever I did, how many hours I worked, whatever happened to make sure that all the bills were paid, that was on me. But if we had discussions, if there were things going on, things that he wanted rather than needed, things that were happening, things that I wanted rather than needed, I was very quick to use those as learning tools Mm -hmm. to teach, to talk to him about money and saving and credit and things that can happen. When we went looking for, when I went to go buy my first home and I'm looking around for houses and he was, I think it was seventh grade at that time. And Mm -hmm. the amount of housing that I could get and I could have, I had those discussions with him because again, I still was struggling with a credit score at that point. So I had the income but the credit was, was a, a blockage. Mm-hmm. And so the amount of housing that I could get at that time was a, was a little less than what I would have wanted to get. And that's everybody's story. That's everybody's story. <laughs> that is everybody's First story. First house needs to be the mansion. It needs to be. Well, and actually, I didn't even need a mansion. I just wanted to be in a better area. Mm. I wanted to be able to put myself and my son in a better area than I, was, than I could afford to at that time mm-hmm. because of my credit limitations, meaning I wasn't able to get a lot of the first time home buyer assistance and programs because the credit wasn't mm. where it should have been. Um, so those were conversations that I had with him. These were, these were discussions that yes, we're buying this home. Yes, we, it's a perfect home. It was nice. It was that's. But if I had done X, Y, Z when I was at a younger age, then we could. So that's how, I, that that's kind of how I believe I taught you just through, those lessons again. I don't think any parent should ever make it a child's responsibility to save the household to save them from anything. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. But I know that I didn't learn because I wasn't talked to, and so to try and offset that, I wanted to. I talked to him mm-hmm. about certain things. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. Well, I forgot we're not on video. I'm not in my head. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I think that was a big part. I'm trying to remember a lot as a kid because I know a lot of the stuff didn't click until I was much like no, older. Exactly. It, it doesn't. It's not supposed um, to. Exactly. But yeah, but All that's what I'm trying to remember. the lessons I learned didn't click back then either. Mm-hmm. It clicked maybe until maybe my first semester it. of college. Yeah. Until, yeah, when you're dealing with stuff on your own. Because like I was I, I was paying for stuff on my own mm-hmm. in high school. Don't, well, I do know how, but um, I'm not going to go into that, but. <laughs> Please edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but, um, but yeah, I, I can't, it didn't really click until I was gone, gone. Yeah. But that's another thing, uh, you know, and talking about children learning, one of the things that you guys don't know is Orlando was a very gifted musician. Ooh. He we know. plays I know. several instruments. Now the and, public knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at, at his high school, he was the first saxophonist to walk the field. He was in the band, of course. He was the first one in the band to walk the field playing with two sax, the, the alto sax and the uh, baritone. And the baritone sax. It was tenor and baritone. Or tenor and baritone, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He was on the field with both sax. So during one song, he's playing one, or one part of the song, he's playing one, and another part of the song, he's playing another. That was the first time that that happened at his particular high school. Yeah, they kind of let me do whatever I wanted. They really did. He was, you <laughs> I know, was on a drum was, line for a little bit. Like, they, let me, <laughs> they literally let me do whatever I wanted. He was really good. Yeah. But his father and I talked to him all the time about how his music could take him places in terms of education for Mm -hmm. free. We talked to him about that. You can get scholarships, you can do. And there was some things going on with him education wise where he was making different decisions, uh, sophomore year. And he ended, we, and he ended up switching schools and decided he didn't want to be a part of the band. 
And we begged him. We begged him to stay in band. Remember, for you can get scholarships. Da, 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 da. We begged him. Yeah, you talked to me about it. Yeah. And <laughs> he did not. <laughs> I heard. He did not go into. He did not go into. Uh, he, he did not go back into that. And so when it came time for him to go to college, there were some scholarship limitations. And I know that you referenced that later on that you could have. I know that he landed. Uh, I'm sorry. I know Orlando referenced that later on that he could have, uh, you know, gotten band scholarships or something. So there were some lessons that you learned early on your own that you recovered very quickly from. And I, I believe that was one of them. One of the words, um, frequently used words over here, scholarship. Yes. It's a very frequently used word in this household because yes. in my opinion, college tuition is ridiculously way high. Way too expensive. Just, just way too high. I'm going to have an yeah. episode. I'm going Send her to, to Cuba. Yeah, and uh, you know, I had a cousin. Janine went to that wasn't medical school in Cuba <laughs> yeah. for a year. It yeah. was free. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in certain minority groups, mm-hmm. Cuba, you can go to med- medical school for free in Cuba. So I, I have a relative, Janine, that went to med school for a year in Cuba. Um, yeah, so scholarship is a word that I use with Sila as well very often. I refuse to let her to go to college and pay all this money. There I'm not go. paying it. There you go. I don't yeah. care if I have it. I'm not giving not any give school. It to you. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not giving any school sixty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. It is highway robbery. There is no reason that a college should cost that much. I I'm agree. Sorry. That is my opinion. I agree. No. Yeah, especially it's, state schools. Yes. I, no. I so I told her if it's going to be one of those schools, scholarship. I agree. Uh, we have gone over the definition of the word scholarship a million times. I tell my daughter, "You're worth it. You are worth them paying you to come to this school." They want like your that. talent, then they pay you to come. I like We're that. not paying them to come. You are worth more to them than they are to you. They need to pay you to come. Man, I should have said so that. So she, she knows there <laughs> yeah, is a limit. Yeah, because I, I, I wasn't even planning oh, no. on going to college. Like, I have <laughs> set a clear amount that but I, I am willing to pay. For, I, I mean, I, I know the amount. I'm not going to say it on public radio <laughs> or mm-hmm. public podcast. But there is a number in my head that I'm willing to contribute towards her college education. I'm not paying a penny over that. That If the school cannot meet me to my amount, then that's fine. There's other options. I've already got a financial plan for her up to a certain age and we'll be fine. But yeah, that scholarship is another uh, actively used word. If if anybody stops my daughter on the street and (laughs) you ask her about her college plan, just ask her about her college plans, she will tell you that one is ingrained. So we're at the point now we're working on the skill, though. What is it that's going to earn her the scholarship? Will it be academic? Will it be sport? Will it be art? You know, some other type of skill. Um, You know, we're still working on it. I have an idea of what I think she should do, Mm -hmm. but... Free choice, free exactly. will for a choice. Exactly. You have a very, we have a talented musician sitting here. He decided that wasn't what he wanted That's to do. It's only so much you can do as a parent. There you so, go. There you go. You know, but that, that was a, that was an interesting time. It was an interesting time. And, and you bring up something else again, early education, Sila's 10 and you're already in, it's already ingrained scholarship. That wasn't something that I started talking to Orlando about until he was in high school. I was like 15. So, yeah. So I think and at it that was, point I was like, I'm not going to college. What are you he, talking about? Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. he did go. Like you just said, he, and went I graduated. And he graduated <laughs> with a degree. <laughs> I give a you nice a degree. What t- tell the audience, please your degree. Cause yes. I done chopped it. Up. I said, let me tell you what I told <laughs> people you are. When people tell me they need an engineer or a video videographer, I, I say he's got his degree. And you told me before, this is where he gets irritated with me. <laughs> I say, um, yeah, he's got his degree in, Film and music production. Uh, sometimes I say he's got his close. degree. In, I'm close. Yeah, close. close. Sometimes yeah. I say um, pr- uh, production management. Sometimes <laughs> I say film and entertainment. Um, what? What? Let get it's it kind of under the same umbrella. <laughs> okay. But my get degree is in is in film and media production. Film and media. So I say film and, and music Mus- yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So film and media production with uh, what's my minor? Media entrepreneurship. So music's not in there anywhere. Nope. No. But he is well, a talented, saying, talented, yeah. talented no. musician sitting here. I still do music. Still does music. Yeah. I have no degree in but music. But my degree is is in, I realized that even though I, I like music a lot, I'll never stop doing music. Uh, I realized I loved filming. And I know mm-hmm. there's a difference. Mm-hmm. 
So um, I also yeah. like that he has made a decision to get his MBA, and uh, that makes me very happy because whatever he's doing for himself as his career continues to grow, he will have the business acumen to right. know what's going on, and that's important. That is so important. That's another thing that I always find out what's going on, know what, you know, don't just trust what somebody is, is telling you, mm-hmm. know what's going on. And so I'm, I'm very happy that he's decided to continue that path so he can do both things. Um, so what I've realized with this podcast, especially, and I'm, I kind of knew it before because I started off in financial education with children. So I've, I always started with kids. I taught in a lot of schools and classrooms But even what I've learned with this podcast and what I've been doing the last few years is I like the entry level. Mm -hmm. In some areas, I am advanced. I would be considered an advanced coach or advanced advisor in certain facets of finance. Mm -hmm. But I do realize that I like the entry level. I like getting the people that are not going down the right track or just don't know, never been told, kind of confused. Um... I like that. I like getting people on the right path. And That's I like excellent. empty cups. Yeah. I, well, and I like making sure they understand it. I That's am it. such a stickler on wanting people to understand because people get taken by other humans, companies. Yeah. There's a lot of scams and everything else out there. So I love <clears> my <throat> passion. Yeah, yeah, the Forex. Yeah, I mean, Forex is real, <laughs> but those 12 million Forex invitations I get on Instagram. Yeah. Where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say this publicly because this baffles me. So you, I get all these Instagram, I guess it, it reads my tags or whatever. Mm-hmm. Why are all these Forex people half naked? Like I can't get the <laughs> correlation between why the woman has on a bikini and she's selling Some me Forex. Or yeah. why is the guy got a greased down chest with no shirt and he <laughs> wants me to join his Forex team or something. Like I'm really confused on why. We'll have a whole episode on the fact that one, the foreign exchange market is really well. You can make money off of it. But two. It is real. This Forex stuff that they're doing on the internet is different. It's a trap. Different. It's a trap. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm a finance person. I'd like. A lot of them don't even know about ETF stocks or anything like that. Why do I have to take my clothes off? <laughs> is anybody listening to this um, podcast because they feel I look sexy in the pictures? Or Don't I ask mean, that if question. I need more followers, <laughs> just tell me. But like, do I need to put the bikini on? Or I don't. Is that going to grow my fat? Fo- I don't really know. But I get these invitations yeah. and these followers all the time, and they're all half naked, provocative looking, sexy pictures, and I'm like, I'm. I just don't know where they're going. But anyway, that was a very big <laughs> sidebar. Um, all right. So Sorry about that. I feel like that's partially my fault. It was. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> I kind of wanted to get that off my chest. Yeah, I can tell because you jumped right on it. Because I can't ever tell if they're bots or if they're, or real, if they're people real people even. I'm yeah. like, is this a real person? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, anything else anybody want to share? I thought this was a good conversation. I want to thank you for having this conversation, inviting me into your wow sort of muscled my way into your podcast for this conversation. <laughs> open invitation, <laughs> open door. But I, I will say this much. Um, if anyone takes anything from this, from, from my cautionary tale, it will be, I'm hoping that it will be the fact that bad uh, finance is almost, is like an addiction and recovery is a day-to-day thing. Oddly enough, <laughs> oddly enough, which is, not what you asked, but I'm going to say it anyway. By trade, I'm a bookkeeper. I am excellent with other people's money. <laughs> I do very well in making sure that other people are okay and, and well taken care of. And that's why I know that it's a bit of an addiction because it's the habits for myself. Like uh, it's the learning, am, am I worthy? Am I? It's that kind of thing mm-hmm. that I struggle mm-hmm. with daily. But what has helped, a friend of mine once told me the best way to learn something is to teach it. Mm-hmm. And that is why I started, that's why bookkeeping has come to my heart. And it, it has helped me a great deal. And it has helped me have more conversations. There's no more fear mm-hmm. in regards to money. You cannot fully embrace the benefits or the pitfalls of money if you're not able to talk about it. Right. And so it's helped me have these conversations, not just with, you know, my son or my stepchildren, but with you know, people, this is your podcast. I'm bearing my financial soul to people that I will never meet. 
mm-hmm. you know, and that's something that is, it's, you know, it's a personal thing, but because I would like for people to learn from my experience. Again, I come from a household, good credit, good financial backing. If my mother had, I thank goodness she had those things because when she did pass, I was able to survive right. for a little while on her insurance, on the finances that she left us, uh, left my siblings and I. But if I'd had knowledge, it would have been more than just survival. And that's the thing. Knowledge really is power. And I'm hoping that that's something that someone can take from what I'm saying. Teach your children. Talk to your children. Mm-hmm. If you know something, talk to, to your village, not just your own children. If mm-hmm. you know something and you can impart this financial knowledge to our people, please do it. Mm-hmm. They may not listen at that time. You know, like, you, let's go wrap it up with going back to your grandmother and the stocks. You didn't want it. You were embarrassed. And then you never heard about it until you exactly heard the podcast until and you've mm-hmm. known me since 1978. There you go. And you found out there you six, go. Seven weeks ago. Eight it's weeks re- ago. You know, that's the thing They it will come back. They will keep it. It will, they will learn it. So that's all that I would like to really end up with. Teach people, teach them, please. Well, hopefully that's what you guys are getting on this podcast. So that is the point of Ready, Set, Free podcast is to give you a wide array of financial knowledge. I say all the time, I am not the expert in all things money. I'm passionate about all things money, but I learn a lot. I will continue to have people on here that are going to teach me things. Um, I'm the host. I will ask questions, probably lead the discussion, but I'm going to be learning from people just as much mm-hmm. as everybody else. There's just some areas I know a little bit more, and I'm just passionate. Again, I'm passionate about getting people at least to a certain level, yes. and then if they want to branch off into Forex, great. I'm not a Forex trader, <laughs> and I'm not going to get naked on the thing, but <laughs> I know people who trade Forex. I will get you to somebody reputable that there I trust go. that I know does this for a living. It's not a scam. It's not a hoax. I'll get you to a live person that's going to help you. Um, and so that's that's my goal. So I'm glad that you got something or you received some benefit from the podcast. Yes, already. Thank you for sharing your story. You're very welcome. Being so open. I come on here and I, I bear it all all the time. Um, <laughs> But I'm I'm kind of an open person anyway. Orlando, thank you for coming on the mic today. <laughs> yeah, I'll be my, here. My um, Gen Zer, I can't believe you're not I even know, a right? millennial. Yeah, I, I, I thought Gracious. I was a millennial this entire time. Lord, the nope. babies. Ninety ninety four was a cutoff or something yeah, like that. You're ninety five. Mm-hmm. Well, he is my good media. So if you need him, you heard him give his yeah. actual title out and gave all y'all all kinds of educational degrees you heard it directly from him (laughs) that is his degree um his information is always on the end of the show notes yeah uh we officially launched our social media january officially so it will all be there so if you guys could please all like subscribe share follow comment comments i got a lot of comments i got you guys keep interacting with me i appreciate it everybody who came to one of my bitcoin intro to bitcoin classes thank you very very much um i still have some classes coming up always go to my facebook page ready set free on facebook you can go to instagram is ready set ready dot set dot free on instagram or go to my website www readysetfree.me m-e readysetfree.me your shirts and books well okay so (laughs) you'll see it on the internet coming up here shortly um i have a financial journal financial budget and investing journal just came in from china awesome and it's on the website, readysetfree.me. I've got shirts. The shirts are in production as we speak. Those are also on the website. I'll start pushing that online. We got to do the photo shoots and everything to get the professional photos, but they'll be awesome. there in just a moment. And um, my bad. What? Go ahead. I, I didn't realize you weren't ready. No, that's oh, okay. They're okay. here. They're ready. First purchaser. Guess who? Kelly, my cousin Kelly. Oh, 
cute. I never even mentioned them at all. But when I first rolled out the podcast, the website was already up and running. And my cousin Kelly went through the whole entire website in order. Hey, Kelly. So, Kelly, (laughs) I sent you your journal. You got the very first journal. awesome. And I sent you an extra T-shirt, a bonus T-shirt for being the first person. So, you guys will see that. Um, Just check out any of my social media. It'll be there. If you want to get the book, go ahead and get the book. I'm going to roll out some challenges coming up here very soon. I'll be rolling out some challenges that we'll do as a group, free to anybody who wants to participate. You do not have to have the journal to do the challenge, but it, you know, it'd be nice. Yep. It's it, it's designed to follow along with the challenge, so it'll be well, open I'm to everybody. My journal and shirt. Ready, set, free. Me is where you can find everything, and you can find it on social media as well. So thank you guys all for coming. It was great. Thank you, Marilyn, for coming. Thank you for loaning me your son. (laughs) Your Auntie Kai. What could I say? (laughs) I know. I know. It's very weird. It's Auntie Kai. My other uh, nieces and nephews are so young. We're going into college next year. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So anyway, um, thank you guys very much. This has been an episode of Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson. Bye-bye.